Hey, Keith, did you hear the uh, news about episode nine? Yet another actor that's been working with J.J. Abrams is going to be in that flick. This time it's going to be uh, Charlie uh, from Lost, uh, Dominic Monaghan. Well, I hope it ends better this time than it did for him in Lost. Uh, do you want to start the rumor that he's playing Ezra Bridger or should I? The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Keith Conrad and Elliot Serrato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Geek Counter Geek number 125. Keep count right here. Elliot Serrano there. Uh, Elliot, you know, big news this week. The Big Bang Theory canceled after uh, 12 seasons. I, I guess you wouldn't say it was canceled, but it's ending after 12 seasons. I, You know, I find that show is one that uh, people either really like or really hate. There's uh, no middle ground there. Yeah, it's there was so much really that you could dislike about the Big Bang Theory, but <laughs> also find some things in it that you'd like as well. I mean, uh, of course, uh, you had Will Wheaton as a as a part of it for from time to time, and Will Wheaton's a big voice and advocate um, for some great things in the geek community. Yeah, and then you had all these great stars. You know, I mean, they had practically almost everyone from Star Wars on there. Um, with the right. exception of Harrison Ford. Um, hey, you know, there's still time. There's still time. And yeah, and you wouldn't call it canceled. I mean, Jim Parsons has decided he's kind of done with it. And isn't he the highest paid uh, cast member on that show? I, I think so. And, uh, you know, you think about it. How many of us have had the same job, like the exact same job without any promotion or anything for 12 years? So, you know, I can see how after a while you'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll try something new. Look, I've had the exact same job for 14 years and with no promotion. And can I tell you something? As long as you pay me as much as Jim Parsons gets paid, I'm not complaining. That's a that's a valid point. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's you're right though. Um, Big Bang Theory kind of was polarizing. Um, there were some folks. I mean, see, to me, the thing that would get me, and I, I will, I will admit, I've my the pendulum for me has swung back and forth on Big Bang Theory. On the one hand, I felt the way it portrayed, you know, those of the quote unquote geek and nerd community uh, tended to be a little bit um, exaggerated, right? And it didn't always make um, geeks and nerds. And the, and the like look particularly, you know, appealing as people. On the other hand, what uh, name a single show on television that features any type of profession or person and does it realistically where it's not a documentary? OK, because even some documentaries. Yeah, even some documentaries. I mean, all I know is how many police officers laugh at all the police procedurals on television, right? How many doctors guffaw at at those those uh, hospital dramas? And of course, I have plenty of lawyer friends who just love making fun of all the law shows, the court shows. So, you know, it's everywhere. So to to feel you know singled out when when you think about it, The Big Bang Theory was really the only type of show that dealt with 
with that sort of thing on television, um, you know, why why complain? Why get a, why get to why get the feathers in a ruffle? There's plenty of other things to watch. So if you don't like it, just watch something else. Right. And then um, even near the end there, when um, Ashton Kutcher uh, took over for Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men, you could see they were bringing a lot of that into Two and a Half Men as well. You know, Ashton Kutcher being kind of a nerd himself. And they were bringing that humor in there. But then Two and a Half Men ran its course. Um, So after Big Bang Theory is gone, there will be no more. uh, I I don't know of any other TV shows having to do with nerds. Uh, not at the moment, um, but uh, speaking of things that have, have run its course, um, well, first of all, Star Trek may have run its course with the uh, the Kelvin timeline because both uh, both Chris's have decided to back out, or at least, you know, I, I suspect they're probably going to come to some sort of agreement, but uh, at the moment, it looks like uh, they might either be uh, recasting Kirk or dumping the whole thing. Well, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Chris Pine had a contract for the next Star Trek movie. He did. Um, you know, he and uh, Zachary Quinto signed for for a fourth one. And and that's where I, I got a little confused here. And it sounds like Paramount is basically trying to get him to re-sign for a lower amount because Star Trek Beyond didn't do quite as well. And, you know, if, if I'm, uh, you know, I... I I liked the uh, Kelvin movies, I think, more than uh, more than you did, uh, you know, just in general. Uh, but, you know, honestly, if somebody did that to me, I'd, I'd be telling them, you know, to go screw themselves, too. Yeah, they're they're trying to Terrence Howard him, you know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Terrence Howard, who was supposed to play Rhodey, uh, James Rhodes, uh, in in the following Iron Man and even Avengers movies. And uh, when they, they decided to undercut him and they recast him with Don Cheadle and no one complained. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, you know, it, to me, it, 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 it always amuses me. And you see this all the time in all in all industries and mostly in media. It's not like if the Star Trek movies were huge hits that the studios would have said, hey, you guys did such a great job. We're going to give you a little more money for, you know, the part you played. No, they're they're perfectly happy giving you the figure, you know, that that they that they contracted you for. And then later on, um, they decide, well, we got to take away from, you know, the the from you on the bottom line or on the front end, which is just um, I don't know. I believe in capitalism in in many cases, but that's just just downright wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna you know, it's gonna it's gonna freak out continuity geeks. Okay, it's gonna freak <laughs> out the continuity geeks. Uh, you know, I I know Chris Pine has has done plenty of interviews where he's you know in the uh, you know in the interim since Star Trek Beyond, you know, he he gave interviews where he said he wanted to do another one and was hoping it would it would happen soon. So it's not uh, it's not a matter of him not wanting to do it or holding out for more money he's just he he already had a contract so you know honestly like i said if if that ends up being the end of it because he he holds out for what he already signed for um so be it and you know if you ask me i think um Star Trek Beyond, if, if the that series is going to come to an end, so to speak, it was a good way to come to an end. You know, the, the, it was a true origin of the crew 
and watch them just, you know, as you said, if you're going to replace Chris Pine as Kirk, you might as well just do the whole freaking crew. You yeah, know. and I don't think uh, people are necessarily uh, ready for that at that point. <laughs> I think they could say, no, let's put Star Trek movies on hold for a while. Let's let's focus on Discovery because you could, you, you, you know, I almost think at some point, if it's not this season or, uh, you know, the, the one following, at some point Kirk is going to show up on Discovery and they'll recast him too. And, I, I, you know, Star Trek will just be like the, D, uh, the DC universe where they have different people on TV and movies. Right, right. Which people are slowly getting accustomed to it. You know, I know it's now when you start to really appreciate what the Marvel folks have done in being able to keep things consistent across the board for both their television, their movie and their Netflix productions. You know, you you know, you had well, again, um, Phil Coulson. the actor's name Clark Gregg. who I love. Yeah, Clark, uh, Clark Gregg, who's, who was the one to be able to go between, you know, all those different productions and universes. That's really impressive. That's really impressive what Marvel's been able to pull off. Um, so um, kudos to them. Um, it's like, it, it, if, as far as DC goes, they were like, you know, we're not even going to try. You know, <laughs> we're just going to throw everything against the board and see what sticks. Uh, by the way, a uh, fun fact, uh, you know, just because we mentioned him, I decided to uh, to type uh, Clark Gregg in the Google machine here. Do you know he's married to Jennifer Gray? Yes. I, I yes, was not aware is. of that. Um, I found that out a while back and I, I had the pleasure of actually having a, 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 a 30 second conversation with them on the Twitter once. Nice. Uh, Cause this would be back when uh, Jennifer Gray and, and Clark Craig would go back and forth on Twitter. I guess, you know, she would be um, in production in some, some show or movie and he's somewhere else and they would have a little back and forth. And at one point I think I started talking to one of them and they both, it, we had a three way conversation going at that point which is kind of neat so uh that is kind of neat I've, I've never managed to do that i i just managed to confuse people and anger them on twitter <laughs> well that's uh, essentially that's what twitter is for now it, to exactly, confuse yeah. and anger you so you know don't worry about it uh, you, this was this was back when twitter was a happy place it's not happy anymore you know i i uh i i realize the the problems that uh, that people have with uh, twitter and uh, they're completely valid, but uh, I don't know if it's just who I follow. I, I don't, and both the fact that who I follow and the fact that I'm not important enough to really, you know, be a magnet for trolls. I, I've had a generally positive experience with Twitter. Well, you know, to me, I think overall, it's not so much the trolling that that bothers me because yeah i'll get i get trolls every once in a while which is you know i really don't care um uh, for the most part the, the only thing that trolls bother me with it's not that they say anything but if they like constantly repeat things and then they keep showing up in my ads and i'm like look buddy i don't i'm not i have no interest in reading what you're saying but someone who i actually want to talk to is saying stuff and you're pushing them through my timeline you know <laughs> So I'm so I'm, I had to keep scrolling through, um, but it's just the overall like everyone on Twitter is like repeating. It's like a huge echo chamber with multiple echoes. And um, after a while, I sit here and I go, I don't see the point of this. Um, so it's not even that it's not direct trolling. Sometimes I feel like all of Twitter is trolling me. 
it's it's just one giant troll everyone's trolling everyone else and and it it just gets after a while it's just more static not enough signal for my for my taste i really spend very little time on twitter if you can believe that um i have it set up you know i'll watch of course there are certain people who i follow who um you know i can have if if not on my lists i get the notices from twitter from time to time did you miss what so and so said that keeps me in touch with the people that i follow of course i follow the geek counter geek podcast on twitter so i know all the things that are going on there i follow you you know so when you you know actually say something that's funny i try to amplify it I, you, I, yeah. Occasionally, I've come up with something. Yeah. Every once in a while, which is, you know, I, hey, kudos. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, although it is funny, I am actually enjoying Facebook a lot more. There was a time when I couldn't stand Facebook. Facebook was really, was what Twitter was, what Twitter is now, Facebook was then. And I think I've gotten a lot better as far as uh, fine-tuning my feed and my interactions with folks on Facebook. So there's a lot, I'm getting a lot more true information. I'm picking up things that I want to see, and I'm not getting so many randos coming along and like you know arguing at me about stupid stuff yeah i mean facebook you 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 have to actually you know put some work into it but you can as you said fine-tune what you're seeing to the point where um it's only going to be what you want to see yeah so um so i would say that facebook and twitter are like uh like a casting Chris Pine in the next Star Trek movie. All right. Mm-hmm. Face, Facebook right now, what we want to see. We would like to see Chris Pine in the next Star Trek movie. Twitter, not what we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess that's next, one way to look at it. Yeah. Because yeah. the next guy who comes along, that's going to be tough. Now, I'm not saying that they can never, ever cast a new Kirk, okay? Let's be honest, okay? You know, they, they've, we're, we're, we're going on our third Spock now, Yeah. right? Oh, I'm, I'm calling it right now. I don't think it's going to be in season two, but I'll bet anything in season three or if they get that far, season four of Star Trek Discovery, you're going to see a, a plucky young uh, James T. Kirk show up. It's not going to be like Captain, that. but he's, he's going to show up. Like an ensign, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I forget how the the um, the uh, rankings go because he goes straight out of Starfleet Academy into uh, captaincy, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and no matter uh, what happens, well, in the Kelvin universe, he does. But I think in the original incarnation, it was more traditional. More traditional. So he yeah. served on a ship for a while, then he worked his way up. Yeah, maybe he was someone second in command. Yeah, which. which there, there you go. Not, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm calling it right now. He will be Chris Pines. Uh, not Chris Pines. He will be um, uh, Michael Burnham. Pikes, Pikes, second in command. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, you can see what, in that trailer. And again, this is huge supposition, right? I'm, I'm really, I'm pulling, I'm pulling stuff out of my ass and out of thin air, right? But you know, <laughs> you, you look at Pike as he's comp- as he's portrayed in just those ten seconds in the Star Trek Discovery uh, trailer. He's like this, uh, you know, kind of like, hey, let's have fun. Hey, let's go out there. You know, let's do it. You know, all that kind of stuff. And isn't that essentially what Kirk is? 
Yeah, and it's also uh, very different from uh, from the the Pike we know and love from from the uh, you know the original pilot because he was he was kind of oh what am I doing out here I, I need to I need to get out of uh, this whole space business. Well, he was he was more straight laced and and not not that enthused, and that's why after the pilot, the original pilot, uh, you know, the, the the CBS said we need to recast this guy, <laughs> <laughs> and then they brought in William Shatner, and uh, okay, you, you got to admit it. You look at William Shatner in in the classic Trek series, you see it. You see his charisma. He has so much friggin' charisma, you know. So yeah, it's 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 night and day between Pike and Kirk. Uh, I don't know if it's so much even the acting or just the way the characters were written. And uh, by the way, since this is the show of bold proclamations, uh, I will fur- make a further prediction that uh, when Kirk does show up in in season uh, 3 or 4 of Star Trek Discovery and they uh, they are they are going through the process of casting Kirk William Shatner will take to social media to say he's upset that he's not being considered <laughs> well you know i'm going to give i'm going to say that i mean he has said he would have he would have appeared he was ready to appear in the last Star Trek film, um, which he actually did, in a way. Yeah, you know, you know, they, they, which was I, I really enjoyed it. It was quite clever, um, and I think they even wanted to do a bit where he was seeing uh, he was supposed to appear like as a um, a recorded message. Yeah, that was that, that was the rumor from uh, from the original reboot. Right, uh, and, and so, assuming that that's even true, because I don't think anybody's anybody in a position of authority has actually verified it. Assuming it were true, it actually would have been a really great scene at the end. Yeah. So to me, you know, he's always been willing, but you know, Bill, you're gonna have to shave some pounds off, my friend. Well, you know, it's the magic of holograms. They wouldn't necessarily have to do that. <laughs> um, speaking of things that are uh, that are on hold here. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the third volume may or may not be happening. It's definitely not happening with uh, with James Gunn, but uh, it may or may not be happening at all. Well, um, let's see. We've had Disney doubling down and saying that James Gunn will not be rehired in spite of the outcry on social media, which, let's be honest... Um, I social media is very easy to ignore in many cases, um, and that, but it doesn't help when you have the cast of the movie now taking shots at at Disney, including Dave Bautista, who I think he's a great guy. You know, I consider him a friend. Um, um, and he's, 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 and I know his heart's in the right place, but you know, he's kind of like he, uh, and and I guess if if he's willing to walk away from, from that Marvel and Disney money and say, I'm not going to play Drax anymore. Hey, more power to you. That is something that is, that is. Yeah. I mean, that's really standing up for your, uh, for your friends. 
for your friends, for your convictions and all those things. So that is where I think thing, it complicates matters more. Not so much that it's a director issue, but that it's a cast issue. And Disney might be thinking, you know, at this point, it's just not worth the, pro- worth the trouble. And, you know, again, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 kind of, you know, did its thing. It was supposed to help set up Infinity War as well. Mm-hmm. And it sort of resolved everything with, you know, within the plot lines of the Guardians. And then Infinity War picked up after that. Then you just need, you know, the second part of of the, you know, the Avengers 4 to resolve things there. And who knows? You can completely recast Guardians as well and take it in a new direction. Yeah, and, and I mean, that that's the thing because, you know, yeah, they made the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but you're also going to have two, uh, you know, Avengers movies that, uh, at least judging by the first one, they're going to play a big role in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's four movies. That's not a bad run. No, not at all. And you still have that title. And again, if we're going to see now how it holds up when you completely recast a team, because that's what's going to happen with Avengers, right? You know, come Avengers 5, we're not going to have Tony Stark anymore. We're not going to have Captain America anymore. You know, they're going to they're going to be gone for a bit. You know, for all we know, we're not going to if I understand correctly too, even Chris Hemsworth is finally, you know, bowing out. So we're not going to have the, the top three, you know, and then and then they're going to Marvel's going to see if they can start going, you know, down into the into the developmental league and call up some of those <laughs> kids, you know, and get, and, yeah, and get them. But it's the same thing that's happened in comic books. I mean, in, in in when you look at the Avengers comic books themselves, there was a time when Captain America wasn't the leader. There was a time when they didn't have Thor and Iron Man. They had all these other characters. So, you know, it's not unprecedented. And and if, if it works, you know, Marvel might have, you know, gotten onto something where they can go, okay, we never have to worry about an actor getting too big for their britches or we have to give too much money. I mean, when you really think about it, the only one right now, um, I think the two major contracts that Marvel has to deal with is Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. And even Downey Jr. said, I'm ready to go. You know, he's ready to step off. You know, he's got other things he wants to do. He he was smart enough to take a lot of that back end action. You know, now he's doing his own productions. He's going to be doing Perry Mason soon and another Sherlock Holmes. So um, and then Chris Evans also just wants to go into directing and production, which is smart. It's really smart on their part. Uh, speaking of smart, if you're uh, if you're Dave Batista, and, uh, you know, because of the fact that you're standing up for your friend, you may not have access to the vast reserves of cash that you thought you were going to, and, and you want to save money, Elliot. And what better way to do that than go to Tweaked Audio and uh, buy some headphones and accessories for 33% off? Wow, that, that was an expert, expert segue, my friend. That was really good. And you know what? Uh, what I'm going to do, because um, I don't want my buddy Dave Batista uh, to go without quality 
headsets and accessories. I'm going to go to tweakedaudio.com. I'm going to pick out uh, a nice set of earbuds for him so he can take him with him to the gym or go jogging or whatever it is to answer phone calls from his friends here in Chicago. Uh, Because if you go to tweakedaudio.com, you're going to see key features with like eight colors and styles. You can have mic'd and non-mic'd versions. Um, These accessories are designed to sound great for music and talk. There's a noise reducing design, a lifetime warranty. And as you said, if you enter the code GCG at checkout, you're going to get 33% off and free worldwide shipping. And if uh, Dave has not changed his mailing address, I know where to send him those headphones. That sounds like a threat. Jeez. <laughs> and although I know Dave's not uh, uh, hurting for money right now. I mean, come on. He's a, he was in the Blade Runner movie. He's, you know, very much in demand. He was a, in a, he was the villain in a James Bond film. Oh, that's right. He was. Yeah. I mean, come on. And, you know, Dave's doing pretty well for himself. I'm, I'm not worried about it. And plus, again, I'm going to say he's a good guy. He's standing by his convictions. Go, Dave. I'm, I'm always going to be a fan. Stand by your director. There you go. And uh, once you get those headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio, you'll want to listen to some of the great uh, podcast uh, audio entertainment on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, the Ditching Bitches have been on uh, hiatus for a little while, but they're coming back on, uh, on uh, September 11th. Um, I'm going to decide against making some sort of 9-11 joke because I don't think enough time has passed for that. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Uh, of course, I, I, I love checking out my buddy John Clark, my buddies John Clark and Stephen Brown on the Caffeinated Comics podcast where they get deeper into comic books and comic book movies and shows than we do. Um, and uh, they've been hitting all the reviews of all the movies. We're talking they're reviewing movies that I haven't even seen yet. Uh, so, you know, if you want to see the hear the latest from uh, from uh, John Clark and Stephen Brown, the caffeinated comics podcast is the way to go. And uh, in addition to uh, talking comics on this week's episode, they're talking about uh, Disenchantment on uh, Netflix, which I'm not sure if uh, if you've seen it yet, because uh, I didn't, uh, I, um, you know, I'm not a good enough friend to have actually asked you if you saw it yet. Uh, but I really <laughs> enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, you know what? It's funny. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because, um, you know, I have a lot on my plate. Um, I have friends at work who've seen it and they, they've enjoyed it. Uh, my friend and colleague, Beth Elderkin, who works at IO9, um, says that she um, she found the first few episodes to be, eh, but that the last few episodes were, were made watching the whole season worthwhile. So um, if Beth says it's good, um, I trust her judgment. I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Yeah, they actually make a joke about that, about how... Uh you know there's like a there's like an arc that just sort of like shows up over the course of the season and uh one of the characters says you know oh it seems like uh this whole season has been leading up to this and like what what do you mean season (laughs) it's quite self-aware yeah breaking the fourth wall now um so uh, i i think it's definitely worth checking out And, and you know when you think about it um, you know, we, we've talked about uh, Star Trek Discovery really um, hitting its stride, you know, th- 
before it even finished the first season, you look at uh, the Simpsons and Futurama and, and they didn't hit their stride for a season or two. Uh, so I think, you know, if you're if you're looking at it that way, um, it, they're, they're probably ahead of the game. Yeah. I mean, there is very few shows that really, you know, step off on the right foot and hit the ground running. Um, so when you get a show that you can get fairly invested in right from the very beginning, that's that's something to appreciate, you know. Um, but yeah, you said it yourself. It, it, it's especially with animation too, when you're still trying to figure out, you know, your overall style. I mean, we even and, and even that will evolve over time. You saw that with Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. And in the beginning, the, the, the it was pretty advanced um, animation, but it got it, in the very beginning. But it got more and more advanced as it went along. Uh, yet they tried to remain consistent with the look of the show, as um, as uh, the character designs and the ships and the the backgrounds and the and the, the the world building. You know how the textures and everything were rendered. How those things evolved. You still wanted to have a consistent look across the board. So um, that that should be, um, you know, again, I'm looking forward to seeing how Inch, uh, Disenchantment, you know, does as uh, how, uh, how many episodes is it? Ten episodes or? Oh, uh, yeah. The first season is ten episodes. Yeah. And they're what, a half hour an episode? Uh, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't check. Uh, it was it was actually, you know, unlike every other uh, uh, Matt Groening joint. Uh, it was actually made specifically for Netflix. So I didn't actually, I, I wasn't paying attention to see if they're specifically, you know, 20 minutes-ish, like, um, you know, like a, a, an over-the-air yeah. episode would be, or mm -hmm. if they, uh, you know, decided to take a little bit more time with it. Mm. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd say that's a good sign because uh, I wasn't looking at the clock going, what, what the heck are they doing? Right. Well, I'm going to hold off judgment. I mean, even though everyone's raving about it, I'm going to hold off judgment until I see it. Unlike uh, the way everybody's like been reacting to the new Star Wars Resistance trailer. Oh, yeah, that that thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's that, uh, you know, they're trying out a new style of animation or the, they just really don't like the new uh, the new characters like Poe Dameron is, you know, shows up in this uh, just in the trailer. I'm not sure how big of a role he's going to have in the series, but he shows up in the trailer. Man, people people not liking that on YouTube, at least. <laughs> like, was, the, the funny thing is, like, they, they don't even give much of the story. They just they just give a bunch of, you know, a bunch of uh, images. And uh, apparently that's been enough to set some people off. Yeah, it's a little bits here and there, so you can see what some of the ship designs are like. And I, I was, I was looking at it. I was watching the trailer, and I'm like, oh, it looks kind of neat. I mean, kind of Star Wars Rebelish, although it felt like Rebels, like taking taking a step forward and then sideways because the the rendering looked a lot smoother it had very much of a, a kind of an anime feel to me but not quite and a lot of the the character designs the um the ship designs also felt like you know on the edges of d dabbling with an anime type look um and, and i but then i looked at the comments on youtube i'm like geez louise people <laughs> 60 seconds <laughs> and, and people went back to, I, I was like i have never seen so much hate for something that looks like it's just going to be you know it's going to be a kid's show folks you know 
Come on. Already? <laughs> it's bad enough that everyone's getting angry about, like, the Teen Titans, you know, bit. Okay, I'll admit, I got angry about the, the new Titans show. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, it was like, wow, Star Wars, you do anything with Star Wars. Um, that really just sets people off. Can you imagine if they decided to do, let's say, a Star Trek animated series in that style? Do you think that Star Trek fans would be losing their 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 minds like that, or would you? Do you think they would be thinking, "Oh, look, a Star Trek show I can introduce my kids to"? Well, first of all, I, it wouldn't be all that different from the animation style of the Star Trek animated series. So I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if anybody would really would really care. Right, but I'm just saying with the with the Star Trek animated series, like the, if you know about the classic one, it was really you know it was real simplified, the Hanna Barbera type deal. I think it know. was Hanna Bar Hanna Barbera, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. There was a studio, and and it wasn't the most advanced, um, you know, animation. It was you know pretty simple, pretty you know um, you could tell it was not the highest budget. Th think like Archer, was. except a little less polished. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, they didn't even get all the cast members back, you know, which was they were trying to be cheap and only get certain characters for the whole thing. So, um, uh, but there's nothing like that now that you can show to kids, to younger kids, to get them into Star Trek. You know, I, I mean, there's nothing out there now. I mean, yeah, you can show them the movies, the Star Trek movies, which are fairly kid friendly. Um, but I mean, something that if I, I'm not going to show um, my like eight, seven or eight year old, you know, Discovery. That's, that's, no, I, I think that's, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, aimed at adults. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so what is out there that I can use? I don't know of any uh, comic books I can, I can introduce a young, young readers to. I don't know of any, um, any like even uh, uh, young readers books that are out there for Star Trek. It seems to me that uh, if anyone can start making inroads in that direction, it's the folks at Star Trek. Well, I think one of the uh, series... Um you know, Alex Kurtzman is is working on for CBS is actually going to be animated, uh, no, if I remember correctly. All right. You know, if they're going to do something like they did, like, let's say, with the Transformers, um, the Transformers cartoons, which took place in the in the took place in the quote unquote universe of the movies. Yeah. Uh, much like um, like the old Ghostbusters cartoon took place in the in the universe of the movies. They could probably do something like that and get kids involved. I would say they could, and uh, since you brought up uh, brought us back full circle to uh, to Star Trek, uh, we decided to post a little uh, poll on uh, social media. Since uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery cast Spock, and uh, it's uh, Ethan Peck, who uh, I believe I have seen in literally nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, we, we decided to post a uh, uh, po post a poll and see uh, see which Spock people preferred, and uh, it was it was pretty overwhelming in the the battle of the network Spocks uh, that they prefer the Abrams universe. I think it was uh, I think it was about uh, it was about eighty percent to twenty. 
Well, I've got to say, in in fairness, in fairness here. You're you're waiting for the music to really get up, aren't you? Right. (laughs) I I really should have thought about that. It's not really the iconic uh, part yet. There we go. So really, we weren't asking people which they prefer. We were asking people, you know, if they were in a Vulcan deathmatch sort of thing, who would win? Well, here's the thing. I mean, in, in, in fairness to uh, young Mr. Peck, the, uh, we hadn't had a chance to really see him. Portrayal. could turn tide in his favor so you think once people get to see him they'll actually uh they'll actually yeah. prefer him i could see that it's too much <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i could see that yeah maybe it really wasn't a wasn't a fair fight you know given given the fact that he's just been announced we haven't even seen him in you know the ears and the and the hair Right, and um, I mean, just looking at his photo, I mean, yeah, I could, I can, I can find a young Spock in there. I can see there's a there's a potential of a young Spock in there, and and again, um, it's the whole we got to learn to get accustomed to these ideas that 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 these characters that we've known for so long and only embodied by certain actors, you know, over time will change if we want them to endure. Um, we've seen that happen with James Bond. We've seen that happen with um, um, Spider-Man. We've seen that happen. We've even seen it happen with other characters like Lara Croft. Uh, it's going to happen with Indiana Jones at some point. Uh, you know, these characters will, you know, if they are going to be the same characters, they're going to get recast. So I'm going to, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going to wait. And it, although the potential here for Peck is that he might end up totaling more screen time as Spock than Zachary Quinto did in the movies. So what happens then? That That is entirely possible, yeah. I, um... I just know that uh, from from my perspective, I know this is supposed to be like the young Spock and, and presumably maybe a little rebellious. Um, I don't want to see him with like the, the hipster bedhead going on. It's got to be the, the, the Spock hairdo. OK. Wow. <laughs> he'll be. He'll be- He'll be, you know, uh, Sarek walks in on him in his in his room and she goes, what have you been doing? And he'll just respond. Hey, Dad, it's Ponfar. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Tron.